Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you being influenced? If you watched a blockbuster film in the last decade, then there's a chance it's been influenced by the Chinese Communist Party. Here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. In Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Berna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Berna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Go to puretalk.com slash jesse to make the switch today and save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash jesse. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What, look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps, and then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a 1,000 at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. NWRetention.com. That's NWRetention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. You know what's the healthiest thing in the world sometimes? The healthiest thing in the world. A big fight. A war. A forest fire. All the things that make you and I uncomfortable, oftentimes, in the end, 
They're the healthiest things in the world. I'm going to explain what I'm talking about when it comes to the GOP coming up right now on I'm Right. I do this stupid segment on my radio show every Friday. Every Friday, I used to just do it on social media, but now I do it on my radio show called Ask Dr. Jesse. And clearly, with my almost three years of community college credits, I don't have a doctorate in anything. But be that as it may. Part of the thing is people email in questions about everything, food, politics, history, whatever, and relationships always comes up. And I'll get young men, young women, they'll email in, ah, give me some advice about this, some advice about that. And one of the pieces of advice I give all the time, after about 15 years of marriage, although I'm clearly not the marriage expert, after about 15 years of marriage, one, one thing I've learned, I tell people this all the time, have you had a big fight about it? And if not, why not? You see, you and I, as human beings, we're trained to avoid discomfort, right? I don't feel like getting hurt. I don't feel like doing something that's icky. I, I, don't, I don't enjoy that, so I'm going to try to avoid that, when so often, that's the exact wrong thing. You know, oftentimes, what you need, what, what, what your little marriage needs, you two got to have a big old fight. And then in the end of it, you come out okay. Yeah, within reason, don't be throwing pots and pans and stuff like that. But sometimes, that's how it works. Oftentimes, in life, that's how it works. You want to know? I grew up in Montana. There were only like 800,000 people. It's the fourth biggest state in the country. It's huge. There's right? forests and mountains everywhere. You know what the best thing is for a forest? Fire. A forest fire is horrific. And you see, and I'm not discounting the, the cost now when they get out of control in California, cost in lives and property. I'm not discounting that. But for the forest itself, nothing better than a forest fire. Burns away all the old. Let the new things sprout and grow and get sunlight. I'm seeing a lot of hand-wringing right now and a lot of nervousness from people. I can get it in my email inbox all the time about this GOP civil war we're having. Oh, Liz Cheney's mad, and this guy's mad, and Trump's saying this, and Kinzinger's saying this, and this guy's saying this. And people are really, they're really nervous about it. Oh, we, we, we've got to come together. Why? Why do we have to come together? I saw this memo, Rick Scott, that senator from Florida, put together this memo. It's uh, to voters and donors. Quote, now is not the time for division, and here's why. For the first time in any of our lives, socialism has become unabashed, in, uh, the unabashed governing policy of the Democratic Party. The Democrats are fast abandoning any pretense of allegiance to the First and Second Amendments to our Constitution. They'll give up the rest of it in due time. The Republican Civil War is now canceled. Why do I want it canceled? Why do I want these fights to stop? I don't. No, they don't make me comfortable. Yeah, I'm just, look, just like you, I wish we had one unified GOP that was anti-communist. I want that more than anything else. But we don't have that, and apparently we're going to have to fight about it. That's just the way it's going to have to be. In order to emerge as a changed party, and this party needs changes, no, you know I'm not one of these pom-pom waiver types. It needs to become the Trump party. That's not what I'm saying. But the party needs changes. It has failed 
the Republican Party, the right has failed to stop the left. Well, the left now owns the entire culture. That's our failure. Okay, fine. We don't have to cry in our Cheerios about it, but clearly the party needs changes. In order to achieve those changes, we're going to have to purge out some of the bad. In order to purge out the bad, we're going to have to have a fight. And it's fine. And you know what? I'll give you some other good news as long as I'm so bright and sunny tonight, even though I'm wearing all black like Johnny Cash. Here's some other good news. It's working. Do you understand how many weapons-grade losers we have had in our party that have called it a career willingly or otherwise over the past two to four years? Tons of them. They've gone the Jeff Flake route. Wow, I suck and nobody likes me. I guess I'll leave. That's a good thing. It's already happening naturally because we're having a fight. It's time to have the fight. It's not instant. It's going to take a little time. But eventually the people who aren't welcome anymore are going to figure out they're not welcome anymore. Uh, Mitt Romney came out and said, I mean, Donald Trump, he would, he would win again. Will President Trump continue to play a role in my party? I'm sure he will. He, he has by far the largest voice and a big impact in my party. I don't know about his family members, whether they intend to do that. But, but I expect he will continue playing a role. I don't know if he'll run in 2024 or not. But if he does, I, I'm pretty sure he will win the nomination. You know what? As many times as I've ripped on Mitt Romney, I do have to give him credit where it's due. Credit for having some level of self-awareness. He understands. Whatever his GOP is, that ain't what the right is anymore. It's not. Good for him. But there are still several people out there who don't get it. They either don't get it or they do get it and they're mad about it and trying to get one last word in before they're kicked out the door. I'm talking about one very own... Liz Cheney. Yes, he should. That's up to CPAC. I've been clear my views about uh, President Trump and, and the extent to which, following the extent to which, following January sixth, uh, I don't, I don't believe that he should be playing a role in the future of the party or the country. On that high note. Thank you all very much. First of all, I realized that was hard to hear. I wanted you to see it anyway, because the visual is powerful in my mind. That's Kevin McCarthy's press conference. Asked about Donald Trump speaking at CPAC. McCarthy, of course, playing this smartly. I don't know what he really believes. Plays it smartly. Yeah, of course he should speak at CPAC. Liz Cheney pipes in says, no, we should have no role in the party going forward. But it wasn't really all that that did it for me. I'll tell you what, what I want you to do, Mr. Producer, please, I want you to play the video again. And I realize the audio sucks, so you're just going to have to listen closely. But I don't want you to worry about the audio. As soon as you hear Kevin McCarthy say, on that high note, I want you to watch what happens. And before that, as soon as Liz Cheney starts to speak, forget about Liz Cheney. You'll see the camera focus on her. Watch Kevin McCarthy when Liz Cheney starts to speak. Go. Just very briefly, for you and the leadership, especially in Congresswoman Cheney, do you believe President Trump should be speaking, or former President Trump should be speaking at CPAC this weekend? Yes, he should. Congresswoman Cheney? Uh, that's up to CPAC. I've, I've been clear in my views about uh, President Trump and, and the extent to which following January 6th, uh, uh, I don't. I don't believe that he should be playing a role in the future of the party or the country. 
On that high note, thank you all very much. You saw it that time, didn't you? You saw it that time. That's why I'm here to help you. She starts to speak and starts to go off about January 6th again. McCarthy's trying to wrap this thing up. Trump should speak. Let's not make any enemies. Here's Lynch Cheney in the back. And McCarthy goes, just, we've all been there, right? We've all been there. Just please stop talking before you burn us all. And then what did you see at the very end when he was done? What did you see? All these representatives, Kevin McCarthy, they went that way. Liz Cheney went that way. It's already happening. You can be annoyed with Liz Cheney. It's fine. I can't be. I can't stand her. It's working itself out. And look, the reason I think she probably realizes it, and this is some last gasp, is when you find yourself saying things like this, which is rhetoric you would see on CNN, you know you're about dumb. Some in both parties today choose to ignore these threats or to blame America. They suggest that if America would simply retreat, the threats would diminish. Such an assertion requires a willful disregard of history and of truth. And these ideas are just as dangerous today as they were in 1940, when isolationists launched the America First movement to appease Hitler and prevent America from aiding Britain in the fight against the Nazis. Isolationism was wrong and dangerous then, and it is wrong and dangerous now. Ooh, Hitler. It is, it's just like, it's just like Hitler, right? Says every single idiot college student with the socialist mindset in the country and Liz Cheney. When you start bringing up Hitler, you're going to get tuned out. She knows she's going to get tuned out. And look, she'll be gone soon. She's in a primary and getting crushed right now as far as the polls go. And she's not alone. That idiot Adam Kinzinger, he's on TV every other second talking about anything except for the issues people actually care about. He's always on TV, you know, as the token anti-Trump Republican. Trump's the devil. Trump's this. Trump's that. And people are so mad at Kinzinger because he's an idiot. That's, that's fine. You can be mad at him. I get mad at him too. But understand, like I said, you got to have a forest fire. You got to have a fight to grow. What do you know? We got a primary challenger and she's a dime. I never thought I'd primary a fellow Republican, but is Congressman Adam Kinzinger really a Republican anymore? He isn't, and we have the proof. The reality is a majority of our party is united around the America First movement. My name is Catalina Lauf, and this is Adam Kinzinger, a weak-kneed establishment Republican who cares more about his next MSNBC appearance than the voters who elected him. Not grounded in our home of Illinois, he looks for fame instead of remembering who he works for and the voters who elected him. This is a reality for Adam. One out of every three votes he casts in Congress is with Nancy Pelosi. Instead of focusing on what really matters, instead of being in our fight, Adam betrayed his constituents for a life in the DC swamp. One, chicks a dime. Two, well-spoken. Three, right along the lines of what the, where the party's going. But what am I saying? Well, overall, here's what I'm saying. If the GOP is going to get younger and better looking, that is a good thing. That is a good thing. It makes the party more culturally marketable to young people, period. It does. I mean, I'm not trying to be superficial, but I'm a jerk anyway. It does. It matters. 
well-spoken, sounds like she's got right on the issues, going after the right guy, and she's not the only one. There's a group of young people, men and women, young, good-looking, smart ideas that are sweeping into Congress and sweeping out the old. Why? They were willing to get involved in primaries and sweep out the old and have a good fight. So just like you with your old lady or your man, you with the forest fire, a good fight is hard. Watching a forest fire is hard. In the end, it's all going to work out just fine. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. Now, here's something that will make you very comfortable. You know those people running for office we talk about all the time? The ones who actually matter, the ones we need there, the ones with a spine, military vets, law enforcement vets, pro-Second Amendment people, they need help. You have to help them. I have to help them. Well, we can only do so much, right? I'm not made of money. I'm assuming you're not either. Mammoth Nation. Mammoth Nation. If you become a member of Mammoth Nation, like I am, lifetime member, your money goes to those people running for office so they can win and go actually give us some change. What do you get out of it? Discounts. Discounts in more places than I can count. So you save money and you get to send your money to the people running for office who will save this country. That's awesome. Go to mammothnation.com slash jesse. We'll be back. Oh, we have privilege out there. You hear all the time about privilege this and privilege that, even though it's always sold as white privilege. There's privilege in this society. It doesn't have a skin color, though. It's called system privilege. The truth is this. Now that the cultural Marxists control our system, you watch this show so you know what the system is. It's everything. So It's all around us now. Schools, media, music, movies, sitcoms, politicians. It's everything. Corporate America. Well, since the cultural Marxists control all of this now, here's how it works. It doesn't really matter if what you believe is right or wrong, if what you're saying is true or false. None of, the, none of that matters at all. If you're saying and doing things that hurt the system, that hurt the goal of the cultural Marxists that control our system, you will be destroyed. They will try the best they can to destroy you. And vice versa, if you are either on the top or on the bottom, but if you are anywhere involved in pursuing the goals of the system, in furthering the goals of the system, life is good. I mean, that's one of the uncomfortable things we don't talk about enough on the show. Self-interest, when you get a system this rotted and corrupt, and you also acknowledge most human beings will pursue their own self-interest, and you and I are adults, we have to acknowledge that, right? Self-interest determines that you should just go along with the system, shouldn't you? Let's be honest, life is good. Life is good. You saw Janet Yellen recently. There was that big story that came out. She left the Obama administration went white to Wall Street and made something like 5 to $10 million. I don't know. I don't have the story in front of me. Then, of course, right back into the government as soon as a Democrat gets elected. That's how it works for everybody who helps the system. Oh, here's a cushy Wall Street job. Oh, uh, you're done with us now? Uh, wow, this college that I happen to know really well, they're going to pay you half a million dollars to come give a speech. Is that okay? Oh, what, what you need to do is you need to start a cancer charity. Remember Joe Biden's cancer charity? They gave nothing to cancer. 
I had a few people a couple million bucks, though. That's how the system works. If you simply aid the system, it's profitable. And that's why you and I have an uphill climb. Because going forward, life is going to be a lot easier if you're just willing to kind of say what the system wants you to say. And if you want to oppose it and stand up to it, it's going to hurt. How do I know this? Well, I have a great example here. Black Lives Matter, you know that group, probably the largest and definitely the deadliest domestic terror group in the United States of America. Spent last summer burning, looting, and murdering across multiple U.S. cities. Multiple cops killed in Dallas a few years back. You remember all this. That group, that group that now has corporate sponsorship and making millions. Oh, listen to this. This is from the AP. Quote, a financial snapshot shared exclusively with the AP shows the Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation took in just over $90 million in 2020. The group hopes to be known for more than just protests. They want to see black communities thriving. Let's pause there for a moment. Let's remember, although I think they've scrubbed the website by this point in time, they want to see black communities thriving. Remember, one of the central planks of Black Lives Matter was the destruction of the nuclear family. Oh, yes. I can think of nothing that will help black communities thrive more than ruining the family environment. Come on now. Oh, what were their expenses? I'm glad you asked. Quote, Last year, the foundation's expenses were approximately $8.4 million. That includes staffing, operating, and administrative costs, along with activities such as civic engagement. I love that. Rapid response, another gold one, and crisis intervention. Hmm. Now, I only went to community college, and I'll admit, full disclosure, I had to drop algebra a few times. Math is not actually my uh, specialty here, but took in $90 million, spent a little over $8 million. That seems like they made quite a profit, doesn't it? You see, it pays to help the system. They were good to the system. They were great at causing death and murder and chaos and creating an environment of chaos that would cause the public to be tense and want a change at the top. That's how people operate. That's how people work. Black Lives Matter did their job. But never forget, who's been telling you all along that these people are all communists? Who's been telling you that? Well, everyone else wants to act like they're this or that. Who has been the one telling you these people are all communists and you better treat them like communists? Well, they're telling you too. I also think that it might... um, I think of a lot of things. The first thing I think is that we actually do have an ideological frame. Um, Myself... And Alicia, in particular, are trained organizers. Um, we uh, are trained Marxists. Um, we are uh, super uh, versed um, on sort of ideological theories. Don't have to take it from me. There they are. All right. Here's something you do have to take from me, though. Your home title is vulnerable because it's not sitting in a dusty bank vault somewhere. It is online. Everything seems to be online now. And when everything, when commerce, when things that are valuable move online, the laws of nature say that's where the criminals are moving. They're moving online. 
your home title can get hacked like that. It takes them, I want you to understand this, I'm not making this up, less than 10 minutes to hack into your home title. Yeah, you can say, oh, I'm sure it's secure. No, you cannot secure anything online from these guys, nothing. If they get it, you're toast. They're gonna forge your signature on it, take a loan out against it, and you will have to pay that loan back. Not your home insurance, you will. Go get HomeTitleLock.com so it doesn't happen to you. They will shut down any tampering immediately. HomeTitleLock.com and use the promo code radio. Get 30 days for free. We'll be back. Well, I apologize because this next guest may just take up the rest of the show. It's not exactly news to anybody who watches that I'm a big fan of Dave Reboy, and now I want him to dissect the Civil War and the GOP. I want him to tell me exactly what in the world is going on in Qatar because he has a new book out called Qatar's Shadow War, the Islamist Emirate and its information operations in the United States. Joining me now, Dave Reboy. Dave, um, the Civil War and the GOP. I'm not mad about it at all. I think it's a great thing. I think the old is getting purged slower than people would like, but it's still getting purged. The new is rising. We have young, hot candidates running for office. I think it's a good thing. Party's getting a fresh face. Why should I worry about a little fight? Yeah, I agree with you. I wouldn't be worried at all. I don't think it's a civil war, really. I mean, it's only a civil war that takes place um, in the pages of... Uh, you know, kind of mainstream media newspapers and maybe on television. But it's not like, uh, you know, like, uh, I mean, one side has all the voters and the other side maybe has all the donors. So in that sense, it's a civil war. But, um, but uh, you know, the, the, uh, the, the donors themselves can't really win elections. Dave, now I've run for office before, so I get that money, it matters a lot. It absolutely matters a lot. When we have a great candidate, we'll bring them on and try to raise them some money. But won't the donors come around to the voters' side eventually? Isn't that how it eventually works? I mean, you're not going to be a donor writing checks to nobody. Right. Well, we've uh, we've kind of seen how this plays out over the last four years, haven't we, with Trump? Uh, the donors lined up against him, lined up with, uh, you know, what was it, 16 other candidates? To, uh, to oppose Trump during the primaries. And, um, and finally, when there was no other choice, I mean, we, you know, we, we had donors from the convention onto the election who kind of sat it out, you know, could, uh, traditionally Republican donors. Others didn't, you know, to their, to their credit. But, uh, but a lot of these folks who were, who were uh, you know, big money donors and bundlers were opposed to Trump from day one and still kind of, you know, begrudgingly uh, supported him. So, um, you know, I mean, we, we kind of tested this, this, particular, uh, this particular theory. And we saw that, yes, indeed, a, um, a Republican could win without the support of the donor class, uh, mostly on, uh, on small, you know, on small donations. And I think that actually freed him in many ways to to start doing things that uh, that were meaningful for the base and to talk in a way specifically probably the the, the most uh, prominent example I could think of is the issue of China I mean with uh, with um, I'm sure a lot of Republican donors 
were not too happy with President Trump going so hard on China as as he did. And I don't think that would have been possible if he in the pocket of the same donors. All right. Qatar is not a place 99.9% of the United States of America can find on a map. And yet it is extremely important for people who know. Will you please explain about Qatar first before you explain what's happening here? Sure. Um, Qatar is a tiny country situated between Saudi Arabia and Iran, separated um, separated by the uh, the Persian Gulf from Iran. And it's always, as a tiny country, it's done what tiny countries usually do, which is they ally themselves with other larger powers. Um, and uh, in this case, what the what the uh, what the Qataris did was align themselves with the most important Islamist movement um, of the 20th century, which is the Muslim Brotherhood. And you could uh, you could say that the Qatari royal family became Muslim Brotherhood adherents, and they use um, the the Brotherhood uses the tremendous wealth. That, uh, that Qatar has in terms of uh, oil and gas resources to promote their ideology all around the world. Muslim Brotherhood, will you please explain to people a little backstory on them because it is extensive back to the 50s, I believe, right? Or do I have that wrong? Well, it was formed in 1928, very importantly, because 1923 was the end of the caliphate. So by, by 28... They decided that um, they decided that that they needed a new caliphate and one that stretched worldwide. So the Muslim Brotherhood was was put together as a group, and in the 50s and 60s, they they sort of perfected this this idea of how to how to sort of transform a Muslim community anywhere in the world into what they consider to be a more pious reflection of that Muslim community. So basically what we know it as is a radicalization process. So they're very good. The one thing they're good at, and we saw in Egypt that they kind of suck at running governments, but the one thing they're good at is radicalizing people into uh, you know, into what we would consider uh, uh, extremists. How extremist are we talking about when it comes to these views? Because you're about to tell us how here in America they are and how influential they are. What are we talking about here? Is this anti-women? Is it what is it? No, I mean it's it, the 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 modern Muslim Brotherhood program is kind of interesting because in or they made it they made a deal with the left, and the deal with the left was that you know you can kind of keep your social issues for now, and you can keep your economic issues and and your. Um, your, uh, you know, your, your, your big kind of socialist state, as long as you give us the things that we want. And in this case, that is a, that is a foreign policy that, um, that promotes Islamist movements wherever and opposes anti-Islamist movements. For example, the Qataris have been very uh, heavily invested in the United States in making sure that Saudi Arabia and Israel and, uh, and the Emirates uh, sort of get screwed. So the politicians and the media outlets who are um, uh, who are most you know prominently identified with our U.S. traditional allies in the region um, are attacked by the Qataris. The other thing that they do, of course, 
is to um, is to you know use lawfare against against their you know lawfare and media um, media campaigns and things like that against their enemies in the U.S. Okay, it's obviously understandable why they would be anti-Israel. I don't exactly have to break that down for everybody. Mm -hmm. I think Saudi Arabia may be a bit of a shock for a lot of people. Could you give me a brief explainer on why they'd be anti-Saudi Arabia? Sure. Well, a very good case could be made. I mean, I, I would make the case that, uh, that the entire Arab Spring was a project by the Qataris and by the Muslim Brotherhood to topple the monarchies around the Middle East and install brotherhood uh, regimes. And they tried with Egypt, they tried with Tunisia, they tried with Libya, they tried with Syria, they tried with other places. Um, and at that point, a lot of the more wealthy um, Muslim kingdoms in the region, like Saudi Arabia and like the Arab Emirates, decided, you know what? We don't want this. This is actually seditious to us. We're going to become really hardcore anti-Islamists, and we're going to fight the Brotherhood wherever. And um, Dave, how are they here? What is this information network here? So, in this, uh, what I talk about in the book is a is a kind of massive network. Some of it pay for play. Some of it just um, kind of ideologically align. But you've got the different assets of the information war, which include universities, it, they include media outlets, they include um, you know members of Congress and 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 think tank people, expert voices, um, and it's uh, it, they've been able to put together a choir of a variety of voices, all singing in unison, to promote their interests. I think the best example that uh, of the last couple of years of this is. Um, is sort of the um, the anti-Saudi campaign that followed the death of Jamal Khashoggi, and they really took advantage of that from you know from from A to Z from the first moment. Uh, the, uh, the the Qataris wasted no time in trying to destroy their opponents, uh, the Saudis, uh, over that issue. Dave Reboy, go buy this book, people. Again, the book is called. Oh, oh, I don't have it right in front of me anymore. The book, what is the book called, Dave? It's called Qatar's Shadow War, the Islamist Emirate and its Information Operations in the United States. You could buy it on my website, which is DaveRiboy.com. Highly recommend DaveRiboy.com to buy the book, by the way. Not saying anything against anyone else. Just why don't you go right to Dave's website and buy the book. Dave, I appreciate it. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Take care. You have to quit dipping. I know it's not easy. I, I would never even I would never even suggest Jake's mint chew to you if I hadn't gone through it and realized how much you need to replace it with something. And full disclosure, in my journey to quit dipping, I tried to replace it with smoking. Probably not the best call. At one point in time, my most successful quitting was I replaced it with food. And all of a sudden, I went from dipping to eating like 90 meals a day. I looked like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. None of those things are healthy. Jake's Mint Chew is 100% natural. There's no nicotine, no tobacco, and it's healthy. They even have little CBD pouches for you. Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. 
Use the promo code JESSE. You'll get 20% off. You have to quit. We'll be back. My next guest is one of my favorites, as you all know, Pastor Daryl Scott. He is the author of the book, Nothing to Lose, Unlikely Allies, and the Struggle for a Better Black America. But before I bring you in, Pastor, I want you to watch this clip because there is nothing that grades on me more than the cultural Marxist shift of pastors in the United States of America. Watch this. I confess that for me, Though I daily breathe in the sickness of white supremacy, I still rarely acknowledge just how deeply infected I am by those lies and by that sickness. I confess that I don't take that sickness more seriously. I confess that I have spent too little time considering the ways my own sense of identity has been shaped by the ideology and the lies of white supremacy. I confess that I have failed to take seriously the way this ideology prevents me from living into my identity as a child of God called to embrace this love internally and then called to love my neighbor as myself. We repent of perpetuating the sin of racism even as we experience racism ourselves. We repent of cooperating with the lie of white supremacy lured in by the temptation to derive our own success from it. Jordan Pastor, I have to tell you, man, I, I Look, it's one thing for some idiot college student to buy into all this hate yourself stuff. But when this stuff happens from the pul pulpit, man, it bothers me so much. I had to leave my own church a year ago for this crap. What is wrong with the pastors in this country? Do I have to fly up there and go to your church every Sunday? I'm going to tell you something, Jesse, I want you never to forget. Some were called, some were sent, and some just went. <laughs> These folks just went. This is the dumbest, stupidest I, stuff I've ever heard come out of a pulpit in my life. Um, you know what it is? They're caving to social pressure. They're afraid to lose members. You know, if you look at my book, I had an article. I mean, I had a chapter about pastors, and I said that pastors are probably the most fearful people that I've ever dealt with in my life. They stand in that pulpit, and they talk about having faith in God and believing God, but they are all... Uh, when I say all, I'm using that as a figure of speech. They are so afraid of losing members, and they're so afraid of, of the pressure of the congregation upon them that they'll compromise and bend their knee to almost anything. This is the stupidest stuff I've ever heard come out of them. And I've heard a lot of stupid stuff come out of pulpits in the 27 years I've been pastoring and in the nearly 40 years I've been a Christian, but this takes the cake right there. What, what I don't understand, Pastor, is, I mean, you have somebody like you who's clearly on the other side of it. I mean, bold. You catch nothing but heat. How do we have this group of people? How do we have this group of people who, in my mind, should be, like you You mentioned, they're fearful. fearful. These should be the most fearless. These should be the people leading our society as a whole. And they're, they're, they hide under the bed like mice. How, when did this happen? Is this a college problem? Is this a America's gotten too soft and fat and rich problem? What is it? Yeah, once again, to me, it's people that are unlearned, unskilled, and uncalled to be in the pulpit. They chose it as a profession. It didn't choose them as a calling. And as a result, they're giving in to whatever the social pressure is of the day. I mean, I've seen it over the years. I've seen pastors conform to social uh, trends and current fads, but I've never seen it to the extent that these people are standing up there apologizing for the color of their skin. 
something that they have absolutely no control over at all. And they apologize and literally repenting of it as if it's some sin to be born a certain color. And, you know, I've heard people say, you know, all sin is sin. But I beg to disagree with that. Saying all sin is sin is like saying all crime is crime. Jaywalking is a crime, but it's not equal to murder. And so you can't say, well, they're repenting of the sin of white supremacy. What is that? Self-esteem is not supremacy? If this be the case, Jesse, there are a number of instances in the Bible where Jesus, one I'll give you is when G Jesus said salvation is of the Jews. Somebody would have accused him right there of being a Jewish supremacist. When he said, well, you, should you take the children's bread and give it to the dogs about the Syrophoenician woman, they would have accused Jesus of being a Jewish supremacist. There's nothing wrong with having ethnic pride. Black people have ethnic pride. James Brown's song, Say It Loud, I'm Black and I'm Proud, was a song of ethnic pride. Now, if somebody sang, Say It Loud, I'm White and I'm Proud, it'd be cancel culture on them all day right now. And so, you know, these Pastor. people, they're, they're stupid. Joe Biden, I, I obviously understand you're not a fan. I, I, I'm certainly not a fan myself. Is this going better than you thought? Worse than you thought? Uh, how are we feeling about this GOP shift to somewhere? Where, 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 where are we at right now? Joe is, Joe is giving us a lot of ammunition to use against him <laughs> in 2024. I don't think he's going to run for re-election anyway, but Joe is making the entire party look bad. I mean, when you look at the things going on, Joe is uh, either imitating or endeavoring to emulate a lot of the policies of the Trump administration and the media, the left-wing media is giving him a pass, such as these children's detention centers. They're acting like these kids are now going to daycare. But when Trump had them in the same uh, facilities, they acted like those kids were in a concentration camp. And so Joe is proving, you know, Joe said, Joe said, I remember the debates in Cleveland because I was there. They asked President Trump what his plan to combat COVID was, and he said, I hope to have a vaccine by October. And we know Big Pharma withheld the uh, vaccine for political purposes. Joe said, I have a plan. I'm going to defeat COVID, and we're going to follow the science. Now you look up, what did Joe do for COVID? He had, he had a moment of silence, and they lit some candles. He gave thoughts and prayers for the five, when we hit the 500,000 <laughs> mark. And when he said follow science, then Dr. Fauci, who I call Dr. Falsey, Falsey must have a nickname of science because all he's doing is following Falsey. And Falsey is out here changing horses in the middle of the stream every other day. And the media is giving him a pass. The only thing Biden has going for, going for him right now is that the media is giving him a pass. Because otherwise, you know, the Cleveland Indians about a century ago had a player called Shoeless Joe Jackson. I'll call him Clueless Joe Biden because he's clueless. <laughs> Well, you know what? When you think about it, though, Pastor, there is no better example of government in the world than wiping out an economy while 500,000 people die and thinking a solution to it is standing on some steps with a candle in their hand. That's actually the most government solution I've ever heard of in my life. Yeah, it's dumb. And now here you are. You, you're opening the borders and allowing... I'm taking... That are not wearing masks, that are not observing social distancing or any of the other. You're opening America to this. And you know what it is? You know, I really believe this entire COVID uh, pandemic, I'm not trying to undermine the seriousness of it, but it's been politicized to such an extent that I, I really believe that they're going to try to keep 
the restrictions in place and maybe ease them midway through 2022 to try to point to some type of COVID success to gain favor for the midterms and even in 2024 as well. They politicized this mess. Cuomo is an example of it. That dumbest governor in America right there. Joe Biden said he was the gold standard. He was the gold standard for COVID treatment. And then his press secretary, Jen Psaki, she's not Jen Psaki, she's Jen Psaki. Jen Psaki didn't have an answer for it. So this entire administration is a study in cluelessness and chaos. And it, they really, the more, the longer Joe is in office, the better the Donald Trump administration looks. Man, that, that is a fact. Pastor Darrell Scott, thank you so much, sir. I appreciate you as always. Thanks for having me, man. You always let me come on and rant. <laughs> you rant away on this show. Always welcome. Appreciate God bless you. you. All right. You know, you can have me whenever you want, right? You can have the I'm Right show with Jesse Kelly whenever you want. Whenever you want. You can watch it live. If you get done watching the show and think to yourself, man, I really want to watch Jesse like nine more times. For the next 10 hours, I want to watch Jesse on my phone. You can do that. You have a First TV app. If you go to thefirsttv.com slash watch, that's thefirsttv.com slash watch, you can get the First TV app. You can also get it probably on your smart TV. You can get it on your phone, get it on your tablet. You can have the First anytime you want. And that includes all of our great hosts. And look, let's be honest. How many channels out there let their hosts say whatever they want? This one does. You realize that? That uh, You hear the things I say on this show. How many times do I say offensive things on this show? I've never once, never one time been told, don't say that, didn't like that, please don't say that again, please avoid that, never one time. There aren't many of those outlets left out there. So I'm glad we all have the first. I'm glad I do. I'm glad you do. TheFirstTV.com slash watch. We'll be back. I have this incredible gift. And I know what you're thinking, Jesse, wow, you have so many. And of course you're right. But one of my gifts is as I do the show, I can actually see through the camera and tell exactly what you're thinking. And I know all night long tonight, you've been thinking, gosh, Jesse, you always look so good, but now you look even better than before. What is that shirt you're wearing? This is my anti-communist shirt. I have an anti-communist hoodie. I have an anti-communist coffee mug because I freaking hate communists and the merch looks really cool, and you can have it too. Go to thefirsttv.com slash store. That's thefirsttv.com slash store. We have all kinds of merch there, but I'm particularly partial to the anti-communist section. Go forth, buy some, do likewise. Let all your friends and family know I hate commies. I'll see you tomorrow. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I, I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. Oh, that's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit.
That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> 